Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. show thank you thank you thank you I need to behave tonight because I actually have my son's teacher in the audience so and actually you know what whilst we're here if he does say shit or fuck it's from me but we all know that now and he's not a bad kid okay um, but listen I know why you're here you like the podcast you like the uh, chat about food and family but you really love my mum. So shall we give her a huge, rapturous applause for Lenny Ware? Thank you, darling. You're right. Oh, so polite tonight, Mum. So hi. polite. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thank you, darling. Hi. How are you um, feeling tonight, Mum? Feeling a bit like, you know, you're kind of... I'm getting into my stride yeah. now, Jess. Yeah? I love Five that she brings her handbag on stage. <laughs> like someone's going to nick it off stage. It's not. Or you are, so she needs to keep it there. I've right. got my glasses in there, Jessie. Um, and it's leopard print. And it's leopard print. So, what do you feel is going to happen tonight? Is it going to be better than last night? I think it's going to be a fantastic night. How have you found your first tour? We've spent a lot of time together, darling. But we spend a lot of time together anyway. I know. It's just been heightened. Heightened. Um, Better? I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it's one thing going on tour in a splitter van with your bandmates and, like, you know, talking about, I don't know, stuff. I don't know. With my mum, it's just talking about chicken soup all <laughs> the time. How many litres of chicken soup do you think you've made in this tour? Fifty. How many matzo balls have you made? Over a hundred. It's, um... I actually don't ever want to see a chicken again, to be perfectly <laughs> frank. There's been a lot of chicken soup, but there is some tonight, if anybody wants to try it, yeah. Um, you've also made a trifle tonight. Made a trifle, yeah. And um, we've also, my our darling friend Mash has made some canapes for us and the guests because what we've realised, it's quite hard to make, well, Mum's now a, a leading lady. She can't be making food in the day whilst also getting hair and makeup done and also trying to, th you know, she needed to zone out and get ready for tonight. So we've got some canapes made by lovely Mash. There's lots of delicious things. There's like crab with chicory. There's some cup of something with a... Pure. Anyway, it looks all very delicious, and it's going to be offered up to our guest. Now, should we talk about who the guest is? Well, she came in to the entrance. She outglammed you. She outglammed me by a zillion sequins. She <laughs> looks absolutely so phenomenal. We have been desperate to have yes. this woman on our podcast for years. She said to us, why have you never asked me? And I said, well, we were saving you for the big one. So um, I am such a fan of her, and so are you. And She's clever, witty, 
funny. Opinionated. Very opinionated. Passionate. Passionate and super glamorous. Please, can everyone give it up for Vanessa Feltz? Wow. Yes. Yes. And Vanessa, this is for you, ladies. This is for you. Good evening, everyone. My gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Let's, I mean, you've just entered with challah bread, and I thank you for that. Who is this by, Vanessa? This is by the challah mummy, and I am the challah mummy's mummy. So you're the challah grandma? I'm Are the challah bubba or the challah grandma, whatever you want to call it. My daughter Allegra Benita turned from a tax lawyer into a baker of challah. I mean, they're beautiful. I mean, don't ask me how that happened or why it happened, but it happened. They're and look gorgeous. at these gorgeous challahs, yeah. the plaited loaf. Speaking of challah bread, thank you so much, Allegra. You're in the audience. Where and is I she, really, Allegra? We demanded that you brought this. So thank yeah, there you. There she is. Love um, you. Love thank you. you. Thank you, Ben. Love you, and she looks good. You see how gorgeous she looks. Yeah, Look at that dress. Yeah, she's trying to set her up with someone. She looks gorgeous. No, she's all married. She's married to a very tall Frenchman. <laughs> Thank God, that was a relief. I must say, getting the daughters married was such a relief. What? I could finally sleep at night after that. <laughs> My God, no, that was a that was a huge strain. Did you feel the same? No, darling. You were going out with your boyfriend from the age of six, seventeen. Yeah, I, yeah. It was on the cards for a long time. Well, your other daughter got married in Las Vegas, but we didn't know about no, it. No, we did didn't, yeah, darling. Laura yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and that's about that. Um, so, no, Huller reminds me of when I was in, I was at Sussex University, and I, woo, yeah, it was good, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> and I tried to embrace my Judaism when I was in Sussex University, and I made friends with a girl called Maytel, and I loved her, and she was, uh, she was very kind of, I don't know, she was like a different, she was a North London Jew and she was kind of exotic to me and I found her very exciting. Anyway, she was like, why don't we, I don't know why I was doing this and not just taking drugs on the pier or something you like were that. Making but colour. I was making colour with the Lubovitch. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a rounded education. It was that's when you come in much more useful. It was very, it, the I drugs mean, you can do later. You've got to master the art of making oh, yeah, a colour and do the rest later. Um, more I, to the point. Sorry, I will, would, you, would you like a glass? Or you stick I would love a glass. Yes, yes. Oh, I said I wasn't going to drink. She's made me drink so much in the last <laughs> 10 days. It's stressful. Me, Jessie. Um, so um, anyway, I was making colour with the Lubovitch. Um, have you ever tried to make it with your uh, daughter? No. You just, do you eat no, it? I thought, I've, got, it? I've got O-levels, I've got A-levels, I read English literature at Cambridge, do I need to make a challah? If I want a challah, I'll buy one at Gradinsky's like any sane person. <laughs> I've never, ever tried to make one, and I never will. At cheers. Least. Or change a plug, or a tire, or many other things. L'chaim, cheers. Cheers, your good health. Cheers. This is better than I could ever have imagined. So, Vanessa. Oh. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Totteridge, the Beverly Hills of North London. <laughs> and uh, it, we called it the swimming pool and chop liver belt. So it was a deprived <laughs> childhood, as you can imagine. But every single facet of our lives was centered around food, every single minute. So someone got divorced, you cooked a chicken and rushed over with it. Someone had a baby, you cooked a chicken and rushed over with it. Someone was a bit bored, it was a Tuesday afternoon, you cooked a chicken and you rushed over with it. You know, somebody That's was looking at a loose end, you made a schnitzel, you yeah. took some over. Yeah. You know, someone's baby wouldn't eat anything unless it had tin pears all over it. You pureed the pears, you took them round <laughs> to persuade the baby to eat. It was the whole thing was about food. Food when you're sad, food when you're happy, food when you're mad, you're with sugar, eat some food. The whole thing was about eating and usually you had a snack first before dinner <laughs> in case, God forbid, you might be hungry at any point. The idea that you would ever actually be hungry was such anathema to every single inhabitant of Totteridge and also, you know, the environ beyond that, that, that you never stood a chance, never, ever of being hungry. Well, we think that's completely normal. Normal, yeah, yeah normal. absolutely. Yeah. Normal for you lot or...? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so who was cooking? I mean, apart well, from all your friends and guests that were coming around and cooking. And well, when I was a little girl, it was yeah. my mother, yeah. Valerie, God rest her soul, and also my two grandmas. And my two grandmas, nearby? one lived in Stamel, one lived in Wilsdon, we lived in Toshridge, but my grandmas were, you know, prolific cooks yeah. and cooked with verve and imagination yeah. and, and very proud sort of ownership of their particular chopped liver, for example. Oh. So two grandmas, two Friday nights, chopped liver at both, totally different 
food experiences. Which was better? Don't ask me to say that. I'm going to have to kill myself. <laughs> if you how could I choose between my grandmas, between two adorable bubbers? That's not possible. Was it but very different how they prepared? Like, totally okay. different. So Grandma Sybil's chocolate, I don't know what yours is like, but Grandma Sybil's chocolate was more like a sort of pate, so darker, coarser maybe, although I don't think she would have liked that word, but, you know, stronger. Mm. Thicker, mm. you'd often have it on a Ritz cracker, you know, that kind of thing. You're really, and Grandma Babs's chopped liver was a much more golden colour, softer, moister. You Which know, one do you, you, you try? It with a fork, it would come on a little, you'd have served on a little glass plate. You know, you'd eat it more with a fork. It was a whole different... That sounds, that's, 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 that's is that what yours is? Like yeah. Do you use chicken livers or calf livers? Chicken livers. Yeah, yeah. I do chicken too. Livers, yeah. But I have known it made with calf's yes, liver. Yes, but two grandmas, two yeah. livers, completely different. Two grandmas, two chicken soups, if you ever like to discuss chicken soup. I believe you don't normally mention it. But <laughs> no, you never. Know, if you want to make a big exception for me this evening, two grandmas, two sets of chicken soup, completely different. Well, I heard a very terrible rumour about you. What is that? That you put sugar in your chicken soup. That's not something I can discuss in public. <laughs> I'm afraid. There are some things, if you want to ask about my sex life, that I can talk about. But my chicken well, soup, that will be my chicken soup recipe is 100% secret. Oh, it's secret. And, oh. I, and actually, I mean, I don't know what, how far to go with this, but I would go so far as to deny that rumour about the sugar. But I wouldn't deny a certain mysterious sweetness but I'm not going to tell you Don't when tell to me I'm not ketchup. telling you. I'm not going to. I know you want me to, but I'm not going to. Palladium, schmaladium. I'm not telling you, and that's it. You couldn't pay me to give you the secret of my chicken soup. As to go with me to my grave, I'm never going to tell you. So, what was one of your favourite dishes that your mum made for you? Oh, gosh, my... oh hello. Maybe really, really take my earring off. What's this is doing? Alice, by the way. This is Alice. This is producer Alice. This earring. What's my What's my earring? Is this quite blank? Is it bang? It's going to ruin the whole I know, Dan, I'm not even wearing them. Now with just one earring, I look like that. Oh, I'm so sorry, Vanessa. So do I take off the other earring, or do I, I retain I one earring? So. No, then what to do gorgeous. for the purposes of glamour? But if we all appreciated the effort. If I'd known you were going to ask me to take my earring off, I would have reconsidered the whole event, quite I'm frankly. So sorry. <laughs> I ruined the whole, the whole look. Have you, of got, have you got. Are you. Oh, Lenny's managed to keep hers on. Exactly, she's got hers on. I think mine's not as far. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Um, okay, so, Valerie. Yes. Um, what's one of your favourite dishes that she made? My mother used to make, obviously, all the traditional things, but also the most fantastic veal escalope. <gasps> which was very, very, very thin. She used to beat it thin. You know, mm. she used to pound on this meat. I think she probably took out, out on the meat everything she really felt about my father. Norman, <laughs> bam! In the underwear business, bam! Not making enough money and selling enough Winsett pyjamas, bam! And she really used to take it out on the, on the veal. And then, and then there was the dipping it in the beaten egg, and then there was the frying it in the mozza meal, of course, not ordinary breadcrumbs. And then it was just the most fragrant, just thin, delicate, absolutely crispy, but also moist in the middle. I think the absolutely perfect Vialesca. Did so you delicious. cook with her? Not really. I mostly ate and she cooked. <laughs> um, but, but one thing I really do remember about my mother's cooking was she was a terrific fryer of fish, but also absolutely adamant that she didn't want the curtains to smell of fried fish. So How's you would come work? home from school and find my mother in the garden in Totteridge with the deep fat fryer or whatever it was plugged into the lawnmower extension. <laughs> I'm really true. Busily frying fish in the garden so that the smell didn't get into the curtains. Yeah. It makes sense when you think about it, doesn't it really? It does linger for about two days exactly. making chopped and fried. You That's never right. make it. I don't, no, no, no. You don't fry fish? I have done in the past, but I used to wear a shower cap. And, and <laughs> yeah, because you, you, everything smells of fish. Exactly. Yeah. What about gefilte fish boiled, gefilte fish fried? Yeah. I mean, that's a conversation. Yeah. Well, I think fried all the way. What about the boiled with a little bit of diced carrot no, on I top? like that. No? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not not kind of a, no, I don't know, I'm not sure. No? Not With sure. a bit of crane on the side? I love crane. Yeah. Lovely thing. So I want to know, so you're, when you... You went to Cambridge. Mm. What did you read there? English literature. So after that, did you go straight I into... I'll say one more thing about food go in Cambridge. On, please I think do. my parents oh, yeah. thought that I might fade away there and? in that land of Gentile food, and they were right. There was nothing to eat in the whole of Cambridge, absolutely nothing. Also, it was freezing cold. 
So and the wind blew survival. straight from Siberia to Cambridge. You know, there isn't a tree, there's not a mountain, there's not one thing between the two. And then wind comes from the Urals right into... And my father was in the underwear business and he had to keep sending me thermal vests, <laughs> which were terrible for my sex life. Oh. So every time I was on the verge of getting off with some young, you know, intellectual, who looked a bit like Kafka, but better looking and very well endowed, <laughs> I would have to make my excuses, disappear onto the landing and hurl a Winsiette vest out of the window oh into the God, court. I love you. And sometimes there'd be a statue, classical statue of Henry VIII or something in the morning wearing one my father's thermal vest <laughs> that I have curled there in the evening. So that was it. So anyway, once my mum insisted that I invite, I hope she's not in the audience now, but a rather chubby friend from Totteridge to yeah. come and stay for the weekend because she might meet a nice boy if she came to stay oh, for the weekend. That. So you, I mean, yeah, okay. So, so you were, I, telling, were you telling her that there were lots of handsome, I gorgeous... I had to say, yes, she can come and stay. And so, anyway, she arrived yeah. off the train carrying a tongue that oh, my that, mother had that's made. That's not going to get you laid. And she made the tongue <laughs> curled <laughs> around a sort of a pudding basin. Do you ever do that? Yeah, and I she weighed that. it down with, and it looked yeah. like a medieval iron, yeah. squashing this tongue on the tongue, a curl, <laughs> all the way around the tongue, like that. And anyway, this girl who was rather chubby arrived from Torteridge, schlepping the tongue with her, and somehow during the course of the weekend, she ate it. The whole time. True story. Is she here or not? If she's here, she knows that's true. Not exaggerating. She had the whole time. It was a huge ox tongue. Whilst you were busy having sex? Yes. Right, okay, got it. Okay, come on. Did your parents used to visit? Yes. On the off chance that they would bring bagels on. My parents used to come on a Sunday morning and they'd arrive and, of course, they wouldn't tell you that it was such a big surprise. They'd bring bagels from Manchester and, of course, they'd find an assortment of people all hung over in the house <laughs> that, that they couldn't account for. And then my mother would start making breakfast and bagels and smoked salmon for everybody Is this there. the exclusive that you used to have orgies at Birmingham University <laughs> and your mum catered them? No, I didn't have orgies ever, <laughs> Jessie. Less about that, the better, thank you. Um, so when you went to Cambridge and you are... Uh, you, you, did you go straight into broadcasting after that? Is that what you always wanted to do? And were your parents happy about this? I I wanted to get married. Oh, okay. I grew up in Fiddler on the Roof. And that was all that it was about. So the whole Cambridge thing was a kind of a by-the-by sort of interlude en route to bagging a husband, you know, an eligible husband. So did I want to broadcast? God, no, I just needed to get married urgently. It was urgent. When I came back from Cambridge with the bath mat, the kettle, you know, all the things that I'd taken up to university in the first place, my parents were absolutely to see me back again in the bedroom at home. And my father said, darling, you've delighted us long enough. <laughs> true. Completely, you can tell it's true. So, so it was urgent to get married. How old were you then? Only 20? Just coming up for 21. But old, that was old. When did you get married? I was decaying. Married? I was ancient at that point. So I was a total embarrassment. When did you get married? 22. <gasps> oh. To a doctor that my grandma chose. You know that story. Do you know that story? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that. it used to be a really happy ending story, but of course we've been violently divorced. It's not that great now, but it used to be great. At one time, it was terrific. So, my, so a doctor came in to take a blood sample from my grandma at UCH Hospital, and she said, are you married? Oh, my goodness. And he said, no. She said, are you Jewish? He said, yes. She said, no. have I got a girl for you? Oh, my And when goodness. I arrived with a bunch of grapes to visit my grandma, she said, okay, borrow my lipstick, do something with your hair and go down to casualty and introduce yourself to this doctor I met. And I said, oh, Grandma, you don't mean... She said, am I your grandma? Do I know what's best for you? No, go! And I went. And I walked into casualty at UCH and I said, I'm Mrs. Orenstein's granddaughter. She sent oh me down to... And anyway, this doctor came out in a white coat and I said, you know, my grandma sent me down. He wrote my number on his white clinical coat in Biro, and my grandma went mad. What, you didn't have it written on a piece of paper? He'll send that <laughs> coat to the laundry, he'll never phone you! Anyway, he did phone me, we got married. The best thing about it, the two beautiful daughters, the divorce, not so good, not so good. But you're happy now? Happy now, yes. 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 
And how did you meet your current? Are you oh, the married? Bear. Your current. Are you married? No, we're not married, but we've been engaged for 16 hellish years. We've got nothing in common, have we? Nothing. <laughs> nothing in common. We've got one thing in common. Anyone who knows us knows we've got nothing in common. Nothing to talk about. We've got nothing to stay in and do. What or about food? Food. Well, he, he's actually, he's a very good cook, funnily enough. He's, yeah. So he's from Essex, but of Nigerian origin. Takes a size 14 and a half shoe. <gasps> <laughs> I'm not saying anything else. That's all I said. Size of the pants. All I'm saying. The size of the shoe. Allegra, what do you do in these situations? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Someone just cuddle Allegra right now. Uh, someone is cuddling her. That's very nice. Oh, nice. So, so you yeah. have nothing in common, but you, you. We have nothing in common, and obviously everybody thought it couldn't possibly work, especially us. You know, it wasn't that everybody said it. We, so we thought it was. How did you meet? Yeah. We met because when I did the first ever Celebrity Big Brother, that's the one where I wore a leopard skin dressing gown and wrote on the table and yeah. told Big Brother In to Carl fuck Street. off yeah. that one. We like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> big, big clap over that. Yeah, yeah. hi. And I was in with, um, with Keith Duffy from Boyzone. And Keith Duffy's pal was Ben. And he said to Ben, you're going to really like Vanessa. We were both fixed up with other people at the time. But years later, we did get together. And we still are. We've had 16 years together. Do you remember your first date? And did it involve any food? Oh, God. The whole thing was just agonizing, really. He's, I'll tell you why. Because he's 10 years younger than me. Mm. But he looks so fucking young. And I thought he could be like 25 years younger than me or 30. I, mean, I just had no idea. So I couldn't think for a moment he could possibly fancy me. I think that was the thing that really clinched it because I wasn't flirting because I didn't think I was, he was in the market for a woman of my geriatric antiquity. So I really wasn't going for it. So I think I was quite relaxed and quite natural, but I was just wanting to know how old is he anyway? And he turns out to be exactly 10 years younger than me. So I know I don't look it, of course, and I'm a walking miracle, but I was 60 in February. Um, and you'll know that that means he's about to be 50. And for a toy boy, that's old, right? <laughs> and I reckon it's time to trade him in, don't you think so? I mean, he's done good service for 16 years, but you know. <laughs> he's outgrown the role, hasn't How, he? How's, he, how's his jellifrice? His jellifrice? I, I thought we were going to say genitals for no, a second. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wasn't. Did you not think that I'm she was going to say that? How's his jellifrice? Excellent. No, he's a really good cook. Is he? Excellent. Yes. How bright a colour and how hot is it? It's very hot and it's very vivid. He's yeah. a, and also he makes a sort of something he calls a mugger-jug chicken, which is very full of flavour. He thinks... Yes, just chicken with lots of spices mm. and paprika and all sorts of things. But he thinks that he's educated my palate over the years to eat much more spicy food than I would have done when I first and met him. And has he? Probably, yes, because yeah. I'm, I'm less shocked by it than I used to be. Um, have you educated him on Jewish food, or you, do you cook that I've kind of thing? I've educated him on Yiddish. He's, he's really pretty good. I mean, What's his favourite word? Well, he loves sugar. He loves, I mean, he's really, he loves the whole thing. He's very into it. He's very good friends with the chief rabbi, Rabbi Mervis says, Ben, my <laughs> son, it's all very, you know, it's quite good. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're United Colours of Benetton. It's really very nice. And also, he's, he's forever singing at people's bar mitzvahs. Oh. And he's always, because they always ask Can he him give to. me some of those well, gigs? Exactly. Yeah. And he's always introduced as our cousin Ben, the only member of our family who can hold a tune. Oh, So that's Aww. nice, right? Sweet. Very, very nice. Yeah. And also the grandchildren definitely take after him in many ways. No, they really do. So I need to know about your cooking. Yes. Oh, what, gosh. What? This is the short part of the show. Oh, really? This is the very short part. Well, maybe I'll ask Allegra. Um, do you think you're a good cook? I'm a serviceable cook. Okay. So I have a limit. I mean, this is not a good moment for me, sorry. I mean, I could fib a bit and sort of zhuzh it up rather. Okay, I just tell the truth. Should I just tell the truth? Yeah, tell the truth. A serviceable, basic menu of about six dishes in rotation, really. Okay. You know, but salmon, you, in okay. salmon in foil. Nothing wrong with that. No. Sticky chops, you know, with brown sugar, demerara. Nothing wrong with that. Roast yeah. chicken. Yeah. Shepherd's pie, spag bowl. I think that Alice has gone over there to check whether Allegra can confirm or, or deny whether you... What's your favourite dish of your mum's? Uh, when the microwave went ping. Don't say that! <laughs> no, you traitor! Don't say that in public, that's shocking! Was that a microwave? When the microwave goes ping, she said. Oh, she went when the microwave goes ping. Yeah, I when the microwave, microwave goes ping, she said, oh, just like mummy used to make. What's wrong with that? Like that's okay. So is that why you had to really get into baking bread and stuff? Because your mother wasn't, you know... Feeding you properly with it was was it lots of microwave stuff? 
No, mum, mum, she was working really hard and she was a single parent and she was just out working and earning a living and trying to bring us up as young independent women who could choose. <laughs> choose Doing my best. Meatballs, meatballs, I make a good meatball. But, yeah. but, but a reasonable meatball, okay, I make a reasonable meatball. But I need to talk about, so okay. Vanessa, you actually talk, you, 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 your daughter no, I'm just, just really me up. trying no. to think of anything no, else I've ever no, cooked in my we're life. Gonna I'm celebrate. properly trying to think of you're, anything. You're, no. Allegra, come on, I must have made something else over the years. <laughs> have I not? Seriously. Oh, Meatballs, you, you, spag You made a, a nice birthday cake covered in Smarties when I was two. Okay, I can there make a go. birthday cake, yeah. a flowerless yeah. birthday cake. Okay, I once made a flowerless birthday cake. Just one. I can make a reasonable cheesecake, not bad. You work. I'm ashamed. You, I'm no. not that ashamed. I just, got, I was busy and I was doing other things. I don't know, I never really, it's not that I didn't eat, it was just I didn't cook. No, but speaking about the other things that you were doing, now you are known as the most hardworking woman in oh, broadcasting because I believe that this is how your day goes, right? You do Radio 2, 4 till 6. 6.30, yeah. yeah. Then you go straight to Radio London, Radio London 7 till 10. 7 till 10. And then you hop on a bike motorbike. to go to This Morning. That's right. And I write a newspaper column yeah. while speaking on the radio, oh, but I don't tell anyone that. Yeah, Thank I, you. I think a few microwave dishes Thank are you. absolutely fine. Thank you. Um, do you still love your job? Oh, so. yes. Oh, my God, yes. I love my jobs. I really do. I, I love the radio. Everybody loves the radio because the radio is just so, it's very intimate because mm. you're talking, you always must imagine that you're talking to just one person. Yeah. That's why I say lovely listener. People think it's lovely listeners. It's not. It's lovely listener. You, you individual, personal, actual human that I am talking to voice to voice, heart to heart, brain to brain. And suddenly you find that people will ring in and they will tell you the, the most extraordinary things. And sometimes will tell you things they've never told their own family, you know, and Sometimes they're incredibly heartwarming. Sometimes they're utterly, utterly soul-destroying. And, you know, it, it's a very privileged position to be in, isn't it? Where people will confide in you and they will disburden themselves and they will also tell you amazingly funny and incredible things that they're doing. It, it's really great. And on the radio, you can move as swiftly as you like. So if you suddenly think of a a story that appeals to you or you, it, it puts you in mind of something else, you can follow the stream of your consciousness wherever you like. On the television, it's much more prescribed. You know, if you're meant to be interviewing that person for 10 minutes, you have to interview them. You can't say, well, this was terribly boring, move on. Let's talk about something else. You're stuck discussing whatever it is they were meant to do. But the radio is fluid and immediate and intimate and special, really special. And I've been so lucky because I broadcast on 7-7 that day when there were bombs on the train yeah. and bombs on the bus and everyone's phone went down and nobody knew if their family had actually been on the bus or been on the train and yeah. were they coming home? People started to walk home from central London. You remember that? Yeah. And the radio was the only lifeline. It was kind of the umbilical cord linking people and, and informing people in a very calm way of what they needed to know and where their family members were and all that kind of thing. I mean, I'll never forget that day, obviously. It's one of those things where you come out of the studio and you sort of emerge kind of blinking into the real world and you're astounded to see people behaving completely normally in the street because you've been so completely absorbed in this tragedy that you can't believe that everybody isn't in the same sort of vortex of, of anxiety. And It was really amazing and obviously broadcasting right through the pandemic when people were terrified, and so was I. And yet you're trying to keep everything as calm as you can, be informative, be reassuring, don't be patronizing, don't try and say something you don't know is true, but on the other hand, don't voice your fears and make people even more nervous than they already are. It's, it's a really special thing to do. And if you say, do I love it? You can see, I love it. I absolutely am very, very lucky did, did to you do work, it. Did you work from home? Yeah, I really, I mean it, you can see I mean it. Did, did you work from home? No, we were in the studio every single you day. You went every yes, day? Yes, yeah. And we were you know, scared to touch the lift button, scared to, to touch the lift door. None of us could go in the same studio as each other. It was a most peculiar experience doing it. But, you know, when people were all alone at home, the radio was a really big thing. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So... Last Supper, yes. Vanessa. Starter, main, pudding, drink of choice. Have you got any answers for us? Yes, I have. So I don't exactly remember which dentist it was or gynecologist, but I was sitting in a waiting room. <laughs> I must have probably been waiting for an internal examination, you know, that wait where you're just thinking, oh, the speculum, how cold is it going to be? And what tune is the gyne going to whistle? They always whistle when they do it, don't they? And it's just so... Anyway, I was sitting in this waiting room somewhere about, I suppose it must have been about 30 years ago. Mm. And I was reading some old magazine covered in germs, you know, as you do. And it mentioned a place I'd never heard of in my life called Ballymaloo. Has anybody heard yeah. of it? <laughs> yeah. And you spell it Ballymaloo, and it's in East Cork. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's in East Cork, in a place called Shanagarry. And the sort of thing about it is that it is a real family house as opposed to a pretend country house hotel. It's real, they're real family, real boots, real dogs, the real family living their real life. Mm. But that a, a legendary woman called Myrtle Allen, who is the mother of Irish cookery, invented this farm to fork philosophy where you essentially, I mean, t now it sounds quite normal, then it didn't. You cook what's in season, you cook what you can pick, yeah. you cook what you can see, you cook something you can catch from there or something that's in the field there and that's what you eat and you make it immediately and it's fresh and it's simple and it's special. And when I was reading about this, I just thought, oh my God, I'd absolutely love to go there. Anyway, we did go there and it became one of these places that in your mind's eye you dream of, you know, when you're not there. Mm. You kind of, because I'm Jewish, we don't have ancestral homes or stately homes or any... We never even had a bloody timeshare in Marbella. We had nothing, you know, nothing much. <laughs> um, but Ballybaloo became that thing, the place you dream of in my in my. Is that soul. why you bought a place in so Ireland? So in 2017, I, I, every time I went there, it was Easter, mm. and they had all this property porn, you know. Could I have a monastery? Could I have a castle? No, <laughs> you can't afford that. No, definitely not. But in 2017, I had these wonderful grandchildren, and I wanted to buy them a blade of grass more than anything else. And so I bought a house kind of around the corner from Ballymaloo in Chanagarry and Ballycotton Bay in Ireland. It's so far at the edge of Ireland that if you go to the end of the road, you have to turn round. You know what I mean? It's the edge. <laughs> it's the very end. And the food is, is sublime. It, I mean, people come from all over the world to eat it because it's so extraordinary. It's also a cookery school. And it's Could also the Ballymaloo Cookery yeah. School. It's just down the road. Yeah. Did you ever do the cookery classes? No, no, I should do. One day I'll do them. Allegra. I need to. I need to. Hanukkah uh, present. There you uh, go. Yeah. Sorted. Allegra has, has um, done holiday demonstrations there at the cookery school. Yeah, I'm going to try oh, some and of my gra I do have it. If you want some of the food as well. And my grandbabies have, have done courses there. They've learned to do making butter and things like that, then they're only oh, little. They had a marvellous time. So um, we have a few little bits and bobs. You thank you. There's, um, I'm not going to... I've now got a mouthful. That one looks amazing. But I'm just trying to think how mm. to talk, eat, and... Have a little mouthful. I think it, I might do what my grandma did at the mitzvahs and just stick it down my bra and eat it on the way home. Oh, sugar, hold I'm on a minute. How do I eat that while talking to you? So my final, my last meal, and I hope that's not for a good 120 years because I've got a lot of living to do, I hope. And on the subject of that, actually, I'm older now than my mother ever was. Yeah. What about right. that? Yeah. That's such a weird feeling, isn't it? Mm. You can't believe you're ever going to be older than your own mum. So my mum died at the age of 57. Absolutely. I'm now 60. So that's amazing, isn't it? And for my final meal, which I hope won't be for a long, long time, I would go to Ballymaloo if you would let me. Absolutely. And for the first course or the hors d'oeuvre, I would probably have fresh mackerel caught in Ballycotton Bay barely cooked, really, just kind of seared very briefly, and, you know, maybe with some samphire, yeah. something like that, that they've just picked. And for the main course, I would probably have, and with apologies to all vegans and vegetarians, a lamb that I had just seen that morning gambling about the... Oh, um, no. I think. Sorry, am I not allowed to say that in public? Forgive me. Please forgive me. It's not personal. I've got nothing against the animal at all. But that is, you're asking me, that's what I would have. And then for, for pudding or for dessert... Myrtle Allen, who's the legend of Valley Malou, made this, made this pudding. Have you heard of it called carrageen moss? No. Has anyone ever but eaten somebody it? Somebody has that. Who's eaten that? And is you it have. 
and you're from Cork. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi. And it's the most wonderful concoction, isn't it? They make it with dried actual carrageen moss, which is a kind of seaweed, right? And then it's with milk, I think, and what else? Nutmeg or something? Cinnamon. 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 And it makes a kind of a, almost like a mousse, like a white, delicious, a bit like rice pudding, but it's made with seaweed. Have you ever had this? No. So carrageen moss. It's the most I think delicious. We need to go there. Light, I think we need to go there. Fluffy, slightly taste of the sea, taste of fantasy, what you dream you'll be when you grow up, that kind of thing. It's really delicious, absolutely delicious. That, is that a good final meal? That's amazing. Is that nice? I've never had it. Okay, Thank you, you talk and let me eat this. Yeah, now. eat that. Um, these oh, are gorgeous. Very, yeah, very good. Gorgeous. Thank you, Mash. Thank you, Mash. Um, would you wash it down with Guinness? <laughs> yes. You would? I would. Do you like draft Guinness, sir? The thing about the Guinness in Ireland is it tastes totally different from the yeah, Guinness everywhere does. else. Everyone says that, and it's true, isn't it? That lady from Cork. Absolutely delicious, yes. Now, who would be at your... Of course, family would be there, but who yes. would you have around that Last Supper dinner table? Who would I have? They're really good. I, would, I wouldn't mind you two. I think you're pretty good company. Thank you very much. Yeah, if, you're, if you're free, I'll, I'll have you there at the final, uh, final hurdle. Okay. Absolutely. I have Definitely. Sigmund Freud to tell me what's been wrong with me all these years. <laughs> that's, that's a brilliant <laughs> Unravel one. my complexes and tell me, you know, you, now, how to you, quickly cure me before I have to meet my maker. I'm going to put Thank that on you. there just in case you want to try it. And I'm putting that one on. And I've now fingered all your food. And I'm very sorry about that. See if I was right when I was writing about his poetry or if I got it completely wrong. Oh, well, did you do your dissertation on him? Yes, yeah, and Geoffrey Chaucer, of course. Why, of course, Chaucer? Because I love Chaucer. Really? Yes, it's full of sex and rock and roll. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. So T.S. Eliot, Freud, Chaucer. Do I have to have anyone else? I don't know. No. Frankie Vaughan, God rest his soul. I love Frankie, Frankie Vaughan. You don't give me the oh, moonlight. Come on, everybody. He's a crooner, give me darling. the girl and leave and the rest probably to me. He was he a probably on the stage. Vanessa, you can now say you just sung at the Palladium. Frank, by the way. Thank you, Frankie Vaughan. <laughs> Frankie Vaughan was in a film with Marilyn. Frankie Vaughan was a Jewish boy from Liverpool, right? His name was really Abelson. Yeah. And he changed it to Vaughan because his grandma said he was her number Vaughan boy. So that's why he changed oh, it. Oh, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh. He had an enormous hit with Gimme the Moonlight. Alice, what? No, it's not your earrings. It's the iPad. I'm going I'm to get some questions up from you lot and see if you've asked any. Hold on one sec. <laughs> wow. Okay. There's a lot about custard in here. Are you happy to answer a question on custard? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow, they're all about custard. Oh, okay. Why is this? This is Big Brother, isn't Go on. it? Not really. Uh, is no, it? since Big Brother. Okay. Vanessa, what's the real story behind the infamous custard headline, The Gays Need to Know? <laughs> <laughs> so this was one, after one of the numerous yo-yo darting episodes that have defined my life, you know, enormously fat, a bit slimmer, a bit lot slimmer, much fatter, you know, that kind of thing. I've been doing that for years and years. And everybody knows there's some heavy irony, and heavy is the word, in my coming here to talk about food all evening with a gastric bypass. How does that work? Someone tell me how that was. Heavily ironic. Um, so at least I've outed myself on that one. So I was either thinner or fatter or getting fatter, as I always was, and, 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 and it said, Vanessa, friends say she's back drinking the custard. <laughs> and um, so anyway, uh, Scott Mills from Radio 1, yeah invited me to a custard drinking challenge <laughs> to see if it was really true and I really was drinking the custard. But actually, it turns out the it's really hard to drink custard. It's very thick. And when you upend the glass like that, it kind of globularly clings to the gun. You're trying to, you know, it's the kind of thing you could, but you can't really. So no, I, I, I'm not really a drinker of custard. No, that was, a, that was an apocryphal, that was an urban myth. I Are you sad? Do you wish I was drinking the custard? If you want me to say I did, I will if it makes you feel better. Oh, that's an excellent I really answer. will. Um, how, how was Big Brother? Big Brother, the first Big Brother. God, yeah. it was fucking hell, man. So it was ghastly. The first one was terrible. The, you went back I did more. it, yeah, but the second time I got paid. The first time I didn't get paid. No way. No, the first time was for comic relief. No oh, one got right, paid. fair enough. Yeah. No, it was ghastly, absolutely ghastly. Who was the best cook in the Big Brother house? Oh, I don't know. Did we cook in the Big Brother house? Yeah, well, someone did. Jack D, I think, was cooking. Oh, God, Jack D was kind of in charge and everyone fell in behind. Well, is and he as miserable as he yeah, Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Miserable. The whole thing was really ghastly. And that's why I wrote on the table, Big Brother asked for the chalk back. I said, fuck off to Big Brother. 
of course, which covered my children in glory. No, in terrible shame. I still apologise. I'm terribly sorry. No, it was really hot. You really wanted to know? It was absolutely ghastly. It was horrible. Why did you do it? I did it because it was for comic relief. Richard Curtis He's very me. persuasive. And you know Richard Curtis. He's four weddings and a funeral. He's, he's a veritable living saint. And you couldn't really say no. That's why. And also, I didn't know what it would be like. I thought, because we weren't being paid and because it was for comic relief, and because nobody had really understood at that point what a phenomenon reality TV was going to be, because it was all so new, nobody really knew, I sort of thought it would be kind of like the things where Lenny Henry's playing football in Rwanda or something. So I thought it would be, you know, Vanessa is buttering a piece of toast, you know, Anthea. <laughs> That's what I thought it would be. And then what it actually was, the very first day we went in, we'd been there about five minutes, and we had to nominate people to be evicted. And Anthea Turner was nominated, and she burst into tears. Get a grip. And suddenly you realise the whole country are watching and you're the evil nominator and it's the worst thing ever. And from that moment it got really, you know, pretty, pretty hairy. Who, who nominated you? Well, Claire Sweeney nominated me. She thinks she's my friend now. She thinks I've forgiven her. If it weren't for her, I'd still be in the Big Brother house. It's only because of her that I'm here now. I'm furious, livid, livid. Absolutely, no, I don't forgive, I don't forget. Wait, what? <laughs> Who won that year? <laughs> I don't know. Who did win? I don't Who know. cares? Don't remember. Um, what, what, somebody anonymous has asked, what food did you dream of when you were in Big Brother? Oh, I think chocolate mousse. Everyone usually dreams of McDonald's for some reason. Everyone's like, oh my God, when I get out, I'm having a Big Mac, I'm having some nuggets. I think chocolate mousse, just vats of chocolate mousse in which to drown Anthea Turner and Claire Sweeney. I think that was the, <laughs> that was the thing. Um, now, this is from David. Which character in Chaucer's Tales would you be, or you want the, to be, and why? The wife of Bath, of course. The wife of Bath, The wife of Bath, of course. <laughs> Didn't you do Chaucer, darling? <laughs> Yeah, not well enough, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Anonymous says, who's the most boring person you've ever interviewed? Oh, God. This is tame for all. There are many hot contenders for that title, the most <laughs> boring person. Oh, my God. I don't know if you remember. You don't, there's no reason why you should, but I used to be the on-the-bed person on the big breakfast. Does anybody remember that? So every single day I was on the bed with somebody who was meant to be a cosmic megastar. And some of them were absolutely excruciatingly boring. Um, Andy McDowell. Oh, oh was she? Beautiful, but oh. agonizingly dull. Oh, my dull. God. Humorless, <laughs> dreary, and absolutely oh, anemic in every way. But beautiful, beautiful. Um, oh, what about Liza Minnelli's sister? Oh, hold on. Oh, my God. God. I was going to say. Jesus Christ, Liza Minnelli's sister. And oh, I said, crap. oh my God. And I said, I said something. I, said, I, I did know that it was polite to say, I could see you and I know that you're singing some tune somewhere. That's excellent. But of course, the whole point of her is she's Liza Minnelli's sister, right? Yeah. Everybody understands that. So quite quickly, I proceeded to, and Liza, she went mental. <gasps> Absolutely, how dare you? I'm not just a sister. I thought, oh, mate, yes, you are. You are. You are just a sister. We know that. Come on. Uh, okay. Come so on. This is from Abby. And she says, Vanessa, if, if you had to choose, would you never do radio again or never have sex again? Oh, my oh, goodness. Gosh. I don't. What I mean, honestly, Abby, you're Why did you really embarrassed yourself. I want to know. It doesn't have to be either or. What about both simultaneously? Ooh, okay. I think. It's a new format there. Something like that. That could be a good format. Right. We have other questions to ask you. Um, I'm, I've lost the trail. Of, I'm thinking about Chaucer, <laughs> wife of Bath, having sex in a radio. So anyway, okay, right, right, done. We know that your Ben can sing. Yes. Can you sing? Well, what do you think? I gave it a whirl just earlier. Yeah, Why you do you did. want me to sing something? Yeah. No, don't no, worry. No. We're not going to do Do you like karaoke? My, my Yiddish mama? Do you want that? Do you, do you, no. What, what do you, would I be your karaoke song? I like Cher, Believe. That's my karaoke oh, song. Oh, yeah. That's yes. a good karaoke song. That's a great or, song. Or sometimes Trailer for Sale or Rent. What's that one? Trailer no. for Sale or Rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no cigarettes, but got two hours of pushing brooms, buys in eight by twelve forbid room, mama. Man of means by no means. King of the road. Exactly. Very nice. Thank you so much.
you. We love Thank a Sue song. Oh, we yeah. love it. I can only apologise for that. That was not my fault. My, my, um, my friend said that she saw you at a garage brunch once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she, and, and you know, Fats and Small with, you know, yeah. Ben was DJing. She yeah. said it was the highlight seeing you behind the desk. Oh, that was nice. Well, I'm doing a bottomless, you know, the bottomless brunch. Oh, are you? Yes. I've done one. I did one and then suddenly it was COVID, but I'm doing another one. And what happens in this bottomless brunch? Absolutely brand? magnificent. Everyone gets completely rat in the day. And then you go rocking out at about five o'clock in the evening. You can't remember your own name. You wouldn't recognise your own mother. <laughs> Absolutely magnificent. And when you say you're doing it, are you do it on the decks? Yes, on What's the decks. What's your opener? What, um, Bobby Brown. You can play that Living. game you're playing. Amazing. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Now, okay, you've been on Instagram for like four months. Yes. You've got 150,000 150, followers. 157,243. Um, <laughs> before that's... I came on, uh, Vanessa Felt's official with a blue tick. Come on, get in. Yes. I mean, how many people are following Vanessa in? Okay, oh so God, now you're about to add about a, a thousand more tonight. So you, how have you done that, Vanessa? Well, I scorned social media. I shunned the whole thing. And until the pandemic, I had an eight-pound Nokia, a drug dealer phone. It was very useful. <laughs> very useful. Actually, I've got, what would you like? I've got street value. No, I... And, um, <laughs> uh, a little chopped heroin, as they say, I've got, if you want chopped to. Heroin. Chopped heroin. I've got. But, no, I had an eight-pound phone, and I, and I spurned and shunned and shooed and all those other words, social media and smartphones. Yeah. The only thing I quite fancied a smartphone for was to look at porn. Oh, do you like porn? Well, I hadn't seen any since the 1970s. So oh. I just remember confessions of. And when the guy comes to mend the carburetor, that bit. But there has been the really internet that bit. for a very long time. Yeah, but I didn't have it. I didn't have, I didn't have a, um, a smartphone or a tab, you know, any of those things. Oh, so wow. I'd never been online. I'd never bought anything online. I didn't have a bank account online. Actually, I still don't have any of those things. And, and, and are you looking at porn and, now? Well, this is the terrible disappointment of it all. So Why? essentially, the pandemic happened. Mm. And my grandbabies were elsewhere, so I couldn't see them. They went off to Ireland, actually, to the right. Island. So I had to have a smartphone to be able to FaceTime and all of that. Yeah. So having FaceTime... Time That's what she times. Said, I thought, yeah. right, the porn, right? Yeah. So then I had to put glasses on to see it, which really <laughs> put me on. I know. And it's a very, very small screen, isn't it? And I'm putting the glass, I'm holding it further and further and further away. And then I thought, where's the bit with the story? Where the guy comes to mend something or, you know, that thing. That's Bridgerton. What happened to that? So I didn't just want to see a couple of really ugly people humping with my glasses on. There's been a terrible disappointment. The you porn. know you can mirror the screen, so you can put it on your TV if you need to. Ben can sort you out with that. Don't I'm worry. I'm not going to yeah. tell him I've seen that. That would not <laughs> lose all respect for me immediately. So, so what were we saying about the phone? Oh, yes. The, so, so what that meant was I had never ever followed anyone on social media in my life. Right. And had no intention of ever doing so. And then I found that various jobs that I was doing, they said, "Well, you will tag us in. You will post. You will this. You yeah. will that." And when I said, "No, I'm not on it," instead of saying, "We admire and adore you," they were disgusted by that. Yeah. So then I realised it wasn't funny and I better just hurry up and do it because I don't want to lose the money. I'm trying to feed my starving orphan children still. Yeah, sure. And, and grandchildren. And so I had to get on it. So I did in, on January the 1st of this year, just before I was 60. Who knew that I would fall in love with the whole thing it's so... Fabulous. I love it. I know. I love it. <laughs> I spend the whole time scrolling and that's what I'm doing. That's what's hurting my wrist. Not the other thing. I told you I'm not doing the other thing. I said, I explained why I'm not doing the other thing. I'm just scrolling, scrolling. But I'm constantly checking my numbers of followers, you know, commenting. It's an obsession Look, now. Obsessed. 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 But love doing it. Absolutely love it. 157,437 since I got here. And I'm really, really, in four months, it's not bad, That's is it? Very and they send phenomenal. you stuff. They send you quite a lot of stuff, don't they? <laughs> Yes. I love it when I get stuff. It's the best thing. Then you have to tag some schmutter that you wouldn't wear in a million years because <laughs> someone sent it to you. But I don't mind because I'm so pleased. I love the parcels that I keep arriving. It's the best thing, isn't it? I, I mean, this I bought myself and paid for, but if I could have got something sent, I would have got something sent. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? I mean, I, skincare, Lancome mascara, it's just marvellous. Like Christmas, like Hanukkah every day of your life. Are you a, t are you a TikToker? No, I, I, don't, I can only cope with Instagram. I couldn't do yeah. it. But you yeah. do do like the, the, the reveals where you click and you'll we jump and you'll change jump. your we outfit. We can jump, we can jump. Yes, she I can do that thing. She jumps and her You jump and then you're wearing a different outfit, then you jump you back you in the first it? outfit. It's, it's I don't know, Ben does it. I don't know how we do but, that. But like, so has Ben become like your social media manager? Well, we do it, we, 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 you know, we collaborate on it. 
He, you know, he's good at the technical side of it. I mean, I choose my own music. I do my own stuff when he's not there. No, it's really, I really impressive. Love, I really do enjoy doing it. It's good fun. So, um, Vanessa, do you, do you have good table manners? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> no, I really do. My yeah, I'm sure you do. My mum was really tough on that. What, what, what was she hard on? She was really big on, you know, keep your wings in. Yeah. So you don't eat with your elbows out like yeah. that. If you really, really liked it and she heard you going like this, you know, scraping up the yeah. last bit, she'd say, please, leave the pattern on the plate. <laughs> so you would never, never to scrape, ever, under, even if it was absolutely delicious. And if you had a bowl of soup and you wanted to get the last bit of the soup, you must always, as you know, tip the bowl tip away forward. from you, never towards you. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, that's just... Well, you must, you must, if someone's oh, offering you a smoked salmon yeah. bridge roll, you must always take the one nearest to you, rather yeah. than the really lovely one that's just over there. You mustn't take that one. Always the one, even if it's a bit of a nebbish one, you have to take yeah. the one nearest to you. Oh. Um, what else? You never talk with a mouthful, obviously. Make polite conversation. What about talk to the people on both sides of you, even if you hate them. <laughs> you know, loads of stuff like what that. What about real, real screens at the table now? What, now? Yes. Under no circumstances. What's that? Apologies. Yeah. No <laughs> circumstances. No, no, no screens at the table. Even uh, for the grandchildren? No, that's particularly for the grandchildren. They don't have screens, my grandchildren. They don't? No, they don't. they're little. They're eight, six, and three. No. Oh. <laughs> I mean... No, really, they don't. They don't watch Spidey and Friends or... No, on, on a screen, on a little screen. Absolutely Allegra. not. No, really? No. no. Oh, no screens. Conversation, oh. no screens. It's called survival. No, Miss Goodman, is this where <laughs> Jessie's going next? <laughs> Where's Miss Goodman? I don't Ms. know where Miss Goodman, Goodman is. Where is Miss Goodman? Where are you? Where is she? I, maybe. No, no screens. No screens. Jessie. Okay, no, screens, no I don't like... Uh, okay, fine. You <laughs> have okay. that conversation with my son tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, can, can you tell us of yeah. one of your most nostalgic tastes that can take you back to somewhere yes. good or bad? I can go right back to the 70s. And I can say, and actually it's quite sexy just to say it, Angel Delight. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What am I? And then I've got to struggle to choose the flavour here. But that's why I'm, I'm struggling yeah. here. Because you know what I'm, you know what I'm choosing one. between? Butterscotch. 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 Butterscotch or strawberry. And neither tasted anything like the thing. The strawberry tasted nothing like a strawberry whatsoever, did it? Nothing yeah. like And the butterscotch tasted nothing whatsoever like butterscotch. It only tasted like Angel Delight, didn't it? But it smelled like But it was like so great, right? Did anyone I remember think, that? Yeah. Angel Delight. Oh, my God. I, Heaven. Can you still get it? It's the best yeah, thing. Everyone's talking about it now. It's really creative. It's the best thing. A sea of conversation yes, in the yeah. audience. Have you ever had it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's marvellous, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, no? I'm not a fan of it. Oh, my God, I really love it. But I can see there's a lot, you know, there's the custard. There's the Angel <laughs> and Delight the and the yeah, chocolate know, mousse yeah. and the Ballymaloo. and Ballymaloo Caragheen this is, this is your... Oh, well, that's why I've got a gastric bypass, isn't <laughs> it? Too <laughs> no, much no, sugar, no. <laughs> too many sweets, too no, many candy but worms. Like, it's, it's all bad. But it's a, a particular kind of consistency that you quite yes, like. Yes, that's right. The melt in the mouth, the yeah. kind of slide down the throat. <laughs> the slightly, I, when I used to be a stand-up comic many years ago, I used to do a whole shtick on is sperm kosher? And I used to say, because, you know, they're sort of slightly tadpole-y. And does that mean they're shellfish? In which case, they wouldn't be kosher. And then I thought, maybe that's why Jewish girls don't swallow, right? Uh, that's what I was thinking, anyway. Jessie, are they teaching I'm, you this in your back? Miss no, Goodman, no. forgive me, Miss Goodman. I didn't know you were going to be here. I'm no. so glad. I'm, I'm so glad that we have a previous, and I say previous, sponsor of the podcast, Disney, in the audience. <laughs> Um, Vanessa Feltz, you have been an absolute treat. It's been yes. a privilege. Thank you so Honestly, much for having please, me. Please, please, oh, big thank round of applause. No, thank you. Honestly, thank you thank so you for much. Having me, really. I knew you were going to be fantastic. This has been such a treat. Thank you to your daughter, Allegra, for these beautiful colour buns. Fabulous. That if anybody is getting the chicken soup in the second half, I, I permit that you dip a little bit of that. We'll break the bread together and it will be gorgeous. Thank you Thank for, you for having me. It's been lovely. Another round of applause for Vanessa Feltz, everyone. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.